Hi, this is Bill Arnold. Missed a show or need me talking to help you sleep tonight? I have several solutions to that situation. Here are the podcasts from the show. You are the best for listening and supporting Faith Radio. Afternoons with Bill Arnold. That would be me. I'm so uh, glad to be bringing you uh, the blessings of the grace and peace of God to you this beautiful Monday. I love Mondays. It is the day the Lord has made, and even if it's been a hard day for you, I get that. Let's uh, journey through this together, whatever it is. Let's uh, be offering up in prayer to God exactly what's on our hearts and our concerns, and uh, trust Him for the results. It's going to be a great uh, afternoon here. My friend Patrick Albanese is going to be joining me in just a minute, and we're going to be talking a little bit about the great giveaway, which is coming up here at Faith Radio. I don't know if you've uh, decided to join in on that and take part of it. It's going to be great. Uh, If you want to uh, learn more about that, go to MyFaithRadio.com, and you can check on the great giveaway. You know, maybe there's someone's driveway you could shovel or you could drop off groceries for someone or Christmas gifts to someone who's struggling or maybe you could write a note of encouragement uh, for someone that you know would appreciate it. So that's how you make a difference in this great giveaway. So you can go again to MyFaithRadio.com and check it out. Patrick Albanese is my regular guest on Mondays. We get things started. We'd like to start off on a light note. He is from the great state of Iowa and of course the prestigious town of West Des Moines. Patrick, welcome. Hey, Are thanks. Uh, prestigious, yes, and uh, yes, I, I'm excited. I, can you not? Yeah, I, now I can you hear can you now. Hear me. Now I can hear you now. Yeah, the oh, great giveaway. I'm excited because uh, I think after we're done today, I am heading to the I'm heading to the dollar store. So I'm just waiting on your Christmas list. <laughs> waiting on that but Christmas whole, list from you. Yeah. The whole idea is to try to find somebody you can sort of bless, someone that might be unexpected, a little note of encouragement to someone, a little act of kindness where you show up and do something nice for somebody that they didn't anticipate and all of a sudden you're just making a difference in their life and we have these little notes you can send out uh you can get them at uh, my faith radio um you can also i think print them off on your printer but the note basically says someone cares about you maybe you needed that reminder this season recently on faith radio they invited and encouraged listeners to do random acts of kindness wherever whenever possible. They call it the great giveaway. If you're able to do something for someone else along the way today, too, may you have a blessed holiday season. So it's just a really a nice time of the year to be extending grace and love and kindness to our fellow humans. Yeah, I, I love this idea. And, uh, you know, it doesn't necessarily, you know, sometimes if, if you're maybe if experiencing some tight financial times, it doesn't even have to be fully monetary. This could be something to just find a way to reach out to people, uh, especially people are feeling uh, very, very lonely uh, with this particular uh, season, Christmas season, because a lot of people are just stuck in their homes. No visitors. Yes. So you can do uh, whatever you know you see fit to do. It doesn't, like you said, Patrick, it doesn't have to be monetary. It can be uh, a card. Maybe you can write five or ten cards and just put in lovely notes and drop them by uh, a nursing home or a retirement center where 
and say, you know, if you can pass these out to any 10 people. Uh, it could be any number of things where you're just trying to extend a little piece of kindness to somebody, uh, especially when you get a handwritten note of any kind. It's pretty powerful, pretty encouraging. Yeah, I got one uh, today, in fact, uh, had stepped out for a bit, came back, and there was a little package on the front step uh, with, a, with, a, with a whole bunch of candy and a note, uh, which I did not read because I thought the note would probably tell me to give the candy to the kids. So <laughs> uh-huh. I'm currently eating the candy, and then I will, then I will read the note. <laughs> well, I think your order is wise. I think the candy is for the kids. Yeah, but there again, somebody doing yes. something nice, and yeah. um, we're just showing up for people and letting them know we care about them, and and it's a great reminder this time of the year because if uh, if you can't get out for many people, having somebody stop by with something and leave it on their doorstep, um, a little gift, a little note, anything, it just makes a difference. So that's uh, what we're going to do, and then we're going to uh, reveal the winners. I think we're going to collect all the stories, so I think you'll be able to let us know what your story is, what your random act of kindness was. And uh, on the show on Friday, this coming Friday, Susie Larson and Carmen and I are going to talk about oh, some of the, the gift baskets we're giving out. Yeah, you can actually win something because uh, we, we hear some phenomenal stories. Uh, people really do go out of their way to say, look, I want to do something really sweet for somebody. And I'm just going to uh, go ahead and do it. And then they, they tell us what it was. And we love to share these stories. It's a lot of fun. Uh, that does. Uh, at first, I thought when you said you could win, you not necessarily win anything. You just win. <laughs> you know? Well, you actually win a gift basket, which I think That's, features a bunch yeah. of seasonal books and, and and gifts and all kinds of goodies from your friends at Faith Radio. That's very cool. I, I thought it was, yeah. you know, for, for a second, I thought it was like that movie. I think it was Charlie's Angels when. He says, are you free, free on Friday? And she says, yeah. He says, I've got tickets. She says, I love tickets. <laughs> it never says what they're for. I just, you could win. What? And so this basket sounds great. And if it's yeah, coming it's gonna from uh, Faith Radio, that's going to be some, that's going to be quality. Uh, do quality they still merch. call it swag these days or is that oh, dating you bet myself? we do. No, swag okay. is still uh, what we call it from time to time. And, you know, just some nice quality merch, some nice beautiful seasonal books and gifts and all kinds of fun stuff. Um, and really yeah. the whole joy and fun of it is just hearing the stories because people do amazing things and then they share it with us. And it just it's, it's just an incredibly feel-good uh, half hour. That's what we do. I love that. I love it. Yeah, you never know who – uh, you know, it's I, I long ago learned, as most of us do, as we uh, get out of some of those uh, middle years that, um, you know, you encounter people and sometimes let's say you're getting bad customer service somewhere or you know, just something doesn't seem right. And and it took me a long time to learn to give those people the, the benefit of the doubt and say, I have no idea what their day was like, no idea what their day was like. And maybe I should just give them just a little bit of breathing room and mm-hmm. I don't need to make it. But it's nice to know that you can also, you know, the simplest thing that can make a day better for people. I know that we've all had that experience where somebody just says the right thing. And you say, I can't believe how much I just needed that today. And mm-hmm. I don't know how that person knew that. Yeah, I, Patrick, I completely agree. I think we have a tendency of uh, being a little bit uh, too quick to demand service or to expect a different level of uh, service when we interact with people. And I, I think, you know, it's be graceful with people. You don't know what kind of day they've had. 
You don't know what kind of day they've had. And, you know, it was it, it, actually all those years of performing uh, was one of my greatest lessons that uh, when I got to the theater and let's say I had a particularly rough day, I, I had off. If I had days like that, I would have to give myself the talk and I'd say, you know, the people that are in this theater tonight that paid good money to be here, they might have had a pretty bad day, too. And, and unfortunately for you, my dear friend, speaking of myself, uh, <laughs> their bad day needs tending to. Right. And yours, uh, they don't care that you had a, a rough day. They shouldn't care that you had a rough day. They came here to forget their rough day. And it was the most wonderful thing because that attitude adjustment, because I had a job at hand, I learned over the years that why did that fix my bad day? Mm. I mean, I got the side benefit of saying, forget about your bad day. Concentrate on that there might be people out there that really need to laugh tonight and have mm -hmm. an enjoyable time. And that's your focus. And you give to them and do the best that you can. And then when I walked out, I benefited. Yeah. Oh, and you had a better day. I had a better day. It fixed my day. Works yeah. every time. I have yet to yeah. have that fail. All right, Patrick, there's 10 days away from Christmas, and uh, I always uh, remember that your dad, had, being an accountant, had a pretty unusual way of deciding how Christmas gift distribution was going to yes. take place. Yes. Uh, my dad was, uh, uh, was an accountant, and I, I can tell you that he was good. I am one of eight children. My mother could deliver a child in between meals. She was just that good at it. And, uh, she, but she did have labor-induced one time. Uh, and that was for child number six. That was me born on December 30th. And she didn't need to have labor induced. But dad said that child will be born this year. <laughs> so, <laughs> have, you know, that's how good of an accountant my dad was. <laughs> yeah, he delivered results. But he had developed this amazing uh, system for gift giving because you say, well, the older kids, you know, they have more means. Nope, I think I lost you. Well, we'll take a little. Nope, we'll take a little break. You're listening to Patrick Albanese. We'll take a short break and be right back. glad to be here with you on this beautiful Monday. It is now 10 days away from Christmas Eve, and I hope that we're all getting our hearts and minds ready to receive the birth of our Savior. And there's really a wonderful promotion that we were just, Pat, Patrick and I were just talking about. It's called The Great Giveaway. And if you've not been to MyFaithRadio.com, do go check that out. It is a, a great 
chance to say, look, I want to reach out and touch someone's life in just a very small way. I want to, maybe it's a note of encouragement or it's something you can do, dropping off some groceries or uh, maybe uh, shoveling a neighbor's driveway. I know there's lots of things you can do to be creative, uh, to look for ways to let people know you're thinking about them and you care about them. And on Friday, there's going to be a couple of opportunities where we're going to talk about the, the wonderful stories that are going to come in. So if you have a story and maybe it's something that got inc- an incredible response because you did something kind for somebody and they just went, uh, they just loved it and you've got a story to tell, do let us know what that story is. It's going to be a wonderful day of celebration as we get close to the uh, birth of our Savior. We're looking forward to that. So uh, hopefully I've got Patrick back. I don't know if Patrick is back or not. Ryan, do we have Patrick back? Ryan? Yeah, in one moment. We'll have him shortly. Okay. Patrick Albanese is my guest. We've got a great uh, hour coming up in the second half. Pastor David Miles will be, will be joining me. We're going to talk about Matthew chapter 2, uh, the great story of the Christmas story in Matthew 2. Oftentimes we head to Luke 2, but today we're going to go to Matthew 2, and that's going to be a, a great discussion with Pastor David Miles coming up in just a few minutes. I think Patrick's back. Patrick, welcome back. Hey, I'm back. And the, uh, uh, yeah. my apologies, it appears that uh, the Internet gets pretty tired of my kids all day long on Zoom school. <laughs> and so it takes it out on me. <laughs> uh, that's no good. Yeah, uh, I think that's what happened. But uh, I don't know if, I, if you caught my, my dad's way of giving up the money. Well, no, we just were getting to that, and you cut out. So your dad being an accountant, he had kind of a creative way of saying, okay, kids, this is how we're going to do gift-giving. And I thought this was really creative, coming from a, an accountant. Yeah. Coming from an accountant. So eight kids, uh, you know, that, uh, you know, he's got to find a way that we would we, we can't buy for all eight. So we would pick names out of a hat, but he would also give up the money. And uh, so, like, the oldest kid might have to put $20 in. The next oldest might have to put 18 16 you know, on down. And the youngest kid might be putting in, like, $2. He just – he would work the math every year. And then uh, he would take the total and he'd, you know, then hand out $10 to everybody. And we actually had – you know, he would physically go through this process. And uh, so, you know, there – you had $10 to buy – the name that you pulled a gift. And of course the oldest is thinking, let me get this straight. I, I just put $20 in there. I got $10 back. <laughs> and now, now I got to go buy a present with this. <laughs> my dad be like, he used to it, kid. That's how life works. <laughs> but, uh, and the system worked for you. We, we kind of got used to it. It was, uh, you know, after he passed away and my mom said, look, just buy something for somebody, you know, I, I don't think my mom wanted to, to – it was it was too difficult for her to try and, you know, resuscitate his crazy system. But he did kind of introduce us to, uh, you know, the, the, the way from each according to their ability to each according to their needs. Uh, so I grew up <laughs> a, co- a communist household, you could say. Oh, funny. funny it but did, it did level the playing field to give everyone a chance to give what they could give and still get a, a present of equal value. That's kind of nice. Yeah, because, yeah, how are you supposed to have, you know, Bunch like a four-year-old kid? Where's she going to get $10, my, my littlest sister? Yeah. So uh, she thought it was great. So, like, I put $2 in, I got 10 out. I was like, that's the lottery. That's the lottery. Yeah. <laughs> but and you, were, uh, you were never a present shaker, were you? I was, I was very good. Uh, my, my son is my clone in that regard. 
and and my wife is terrible, and she she fears that our daughter is as bad as her. So like my my brother wanted to bought me a jigsaw puzzle, but he didn't want me to shake the the, the gift. So he uh, told me when he put this gift under the tree, do not shake it. It's extremely fragile. Now, I'm probably like eight years old, so I have no idea why an eight-year-old kid is getting a fragile gift. (laughs) (laughs) What is this, glassware? What what am I getting? Uh, But I didn't touch it. It was under the tree for probably two weeks. I didn't touch it till the day I was supposed to open it, you know, uh, Christmas Eve. And I was so afraid of breaking it that I didn't even shake it as I was opening it. And, of course, I see the jigsaw puzzle box, and I think, okay, well, what's in here? <laughs> There's no way this is a jigsaw puzzle. There's no way you pulled that scam on me, is there? <laughs> sure enough, he did. I don't, it's, it's amazing. I said, I bought it all, hook, line, and sinker. But you, I was a kid. If you, if you had hit something in my own bedroom closet, my folks had hidden our presents, and they said, just don't open the closet on that side. I wouldn't. Hmm. And the other day, my, my wife was wrapping some gifts for our kids. She didn't get to all of them. She says, well, we got to put these somewhere. And I said, well, we'll just put them in the basement closet. She goes, no, nah, no, nah, they'll find them. So well, they won't come down and look for them. So I get her a big Rubbermaid bin, and she puts them in there. I said, I'll put it on the shelf with the other 114 Rubbermaid bins. She says, no, 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 they'll go through them. I said, they're not going to go through 114 Rubbermaid bins. I'll, just, I'll, I'll put these down as blankets. I'll put a sticker on it. She says, no, no. So she goes and she locks it in her car in the garage. I said, are you that worried about our kids hunting for presents? She says, well, that's what I would do as a kid. And she told me this great story. She wanted this. She had one Christmas, she really wanted this beautiful coat, and she thought that was in the box under the tree. And so when her mom was away, she carefully opened the package, saw that it was, in fact, the coat, wrapped it back up. Mom was none the wiser, or so she thought. Turns out her sister saw her do it, told mom. Mom said nothing. Christmas morning, she opens the present, and in it is the ugliest coat she's ever seen in her life bought used from a goodwill store dirty she's like what how can this be and she can't say anything because she can't let them know that she already peeked and saw the gift and then her sister opens her package and in it is the most beautiful coat the one she wanted gifted to her sister later that day they they did give her her coat but uh, they caught it all on videotape and played it for years and say, remember what happens when you cheat? <laughs> <laughs> I just thought her folks were so clever doing that. That's uh, hysterical. It's like she peaked. Okay, fine. And it's, it's the equivalent of a lump of coal in oh, purple is, parka. That yep. is so funny. It is so funny. Yeah. And what a lesson she learned. And uh, she'll never forget that one. That's for sure. I know, but she remembers it so well, she's afraid that our kids have it. She's, she thinks they have the gene for snooping, and they, they don't. They, they're, they're, they're very good about it. But uh, mm-hmm. as a result, we're, we're hiding things in unbelievable places that I did not know existed. I had to dig a hole in the backyard. <laughs> oh, that's a story. Uh, yeah. But you're well, not, you weren't a peeker, were you? I was not a peeker. And it didn't, you know, I, I kind of liked the surprise. That was kind of the, the fun part is waiting to see what the surprise was going to be. I didn't really want to know in advance. Yeah. Well, and now, it, and I, I was saying earlier, my, my birthday was is five days after Christmas. 
And so, uh, of course, that lingered for five days because if I didn't get what I want for Christmas, uh, usually Christmas night or the 26th, I could resubmit that list to my parents. <laughs> of course, I would yes. say, I, apparently, you did not understand the depth of my desire for these aforementioned items. Ergo, I am resubmitting. <laughs> Try again. So well, when people used to say, isn't it horrible having your birthday right after Christmas? I says, no, it's second chance time. I could, it's still, it still could happen. I could still yeah. get it. You know, and then stuff have, has already gone on sale because it's after Christmas. So the chance of you maybe getting that special gift is I think your chances have improved because it might be on sale. Oh, I didn't even think about that, that they would actually be uh, frugal about that. But, uh, yeah, they actually were pretty frugal. So that would make sense, too. It's like put it off, put off the expensive stuff. That would explain the abundance of sweaters. I still have one that my mom made for me. I, I don't know what she was thinking one year. We were all much older, and she uh, handmade us all sweaters from some craft kit with these these drizzle-on characters that she put on there. And, and my brothers and I uh, got one, and they are about as ugly as they get. <laughs> I mean, ugly. Uh, yeah, I'll you, send you a picture of it, and, and but but nobody, you know, you cannot throw this away. This is like pristine. It's I practically have it in a trophy case because my mom nice. made it. Nice, and then also yeah. you still have a gift from your mother that must be thirty-five years old by now, or or oh, older. It's almost forty-five. Yeah, forty-five years. Yeah. I, I wanted an electric razor, and uh, we didn't have the finances for that. My dad had passed away a few years prior to that and she's trying to you know raise eight kids is not an easy thing to do um but uh, somehow or another under the tree is this norelco rototrack razor i still have it and that's got to shorten it but i'm trying to find a place that'll fix it for me but even if i can't get it fixed i would never ever get rid of it because i think my gosh she got me this thing this was expensive and this had to stretch the budget it had to stretch the budget yeah. But she's like, that's what you want. I was like, oh, my gosh. You know, I have to remind myself of that. And not just with, you know, the spending of money for gifts for the kids, but trying to create a memory like that. Like, wow, what mom and dad did for us. Yeah. And we hardly when ever talked to them. <laughs> when, when the gift is sacrificial, it does last in your memory forever. This is why the great giveaway is a great time to do something nice and sweet and yeah. sacrificial for somebody unexpectedly. You will never forget. You will no. never forget that you did something like that. No. Uh, you know. Don't you and have a you, gift like that for your mom? I believe I know what it is, too. Uh, I probably do. Uh, I, don't know what you, I don't know what you're thinking of. The, now, didn't she get you a very special banjo one year when you were young? And this was oh, not yes. at a... Yeah. You yeah, still have it, don't you? Sweet. Of course. Of course. Yeah. 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 You should take well, that out of the case sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> I should, indeed. I'm glad your Internet's working. Thanks for joining me today. It's been great uh, catching up, and I'll look forward to uh, next week. Uh, Sounds great. Talk to you then. Hey, everybody, go out and do the gift basket. (laughs) You got that right. right. Patrick Albanese has been my guest just to get things started on Monday. Enjoy that time with him. We're going to take a little break. When we come back, Pastor David Miles. We're going to talk about Matthew chapter 2. Be right back. Let's get it started.
And it is time for the Monday Afternoon Mix uh, with Miles and Arnold. I don't know if we're going to have uh, Maxwell be joining us going into the future because uh, she's got a time commitment at this time. So unless we uh, find a time to record, David, it's going to be you and me. I understand. We're going to have to do some record time. I mean, you know. Or, yeah, or we, uh, you know, we add someone else into the mix as well because it is the Monday afternoon mix. It mix is. means we mix it up a little bit. Yes. Which we can do. Is that a sovereign thing that Ryan's last name starts with an M? Mitchell. Yeah, possibly. All right, I want to dig into the Christmas story a little bit. There's uh, great uh, stories in Matthew uh, 2 and Luke 2, but let's, uh, let's talk about it. Let's talk about Matthew 2. Amazing, amazing passage. And, you know, Matthew 2 comes after sharing about the genealogy of Jesus Christ and those 42 generations. And, you know, what it speaks to is just the faithfulness of who God is. And, you know, the good news you see in verse um, verse 20 when... The angel tells Mary, uh, she will bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. And, you know, that is such good news. I mean, that is the good news. I mean, like we, and I I love the fact that scripture says sins plural. Um, But to get into that story, it brings us to chapter two. And and Matthew, he uses these time things, like he's saying now repeatedly through the book. And it says, now after Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea, in the days of Herod the king, behold, wise men from the east came to Jerusalem saying, where is he who has been born king of the Jews? For we saw his star when it rose and we've come to worship him. When King Herod heard this, he was troubled and all of Jerusalem with them, and assembled all the chief priests, and they decided to say, "Where? what's going on here? But we see this tension starting off immediately uh, as, as the passage opens up. First of all, Jesus is born in, in Bethlehem, five miles south of Jerusalem, uh, and the king, Herod, is in, is in Jerusalem and not Bethlehem. And there's, there's two things here. There's King Herod. And then there's these wise men who came to worship the king born of the Jews. And, you know, not to give the spoiler alert, but there's there's only one king of those two that's still alive and reigning. Mm-hmm. Exactly. So, you know, but it was this really tricky thing for Herod because Herod the Great, when he was born, uh, he was half Jew and half Idiomene, which meant a section south of of Judah. And he had been appointed by the Romans in uh, 47 BC, and then later on they gave him the title of king. And one of the things, as as we've gone through this year, as we're going through current events right now, we always have to remember Jesus was king of kings, lord of lords. He was born king of the Jews. Herod and every other world leader since then, um, they're appointed by, in this case, Herod was appointed by a governor. And then he later received the title of king. Jesus has always been king. And I think in this topsy-turvy world that we're living in right now, the more that we point people to Jesus, the more we point him to the Prince of Peace, uh, the more Scripture says that Jesus said, if I be lifted up, I will draw all men this is a rich time um, to do that at this season. And so the beautiful thing about the Christmas story is um, it, it's such a wonderful 
gift. If you're going to give a gift, this is the gift that you can give to friends and neighbors and coworkers and the like. Mm-hmm. David, I, I realize that such a wonderful time right now to be studying the text, to be looking at the biblical account and, and really nothing else, because we do have some traditions uh, over all of history that don't line up with Scripture, but we still tell the story in that kind of familiar tradition, and I think it uh, is never a good thing to be uh, telling traditions in light of the true Word of God. Amen. And, you know, one of the things that's even in the story and in the biblical account of Matthew chapter 2, you know, I don't know if, as you remember, as a king singing, or a kid singing the song, We Three Kings of Orient Are. Mm -hmm. You know, actually, the text doesn't say that there's three kings. It says wise men came, and tradition had it because they had three gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh uh, that we thought that there was three of them. But one of the things that's amazing is that they show up, and as we read in our passage, um, it says that when King Herod heard this, he was troubled, and all of Jerusalem troubled with him. Now, Bill, that wasn't just for any kind of flightful um, reason. You know, Herod had this terrible flaw, and uh, New Testament theologian uh, William Barclay just expounds on this beautifully, and he says one of the things is that Herod was insanely suspicious. And the older he became, the more suspicious he grew. Until his old age, someone said he was a old murderous man. Um, You know, and if he suspected anyone as a rival to his power, that person was properly eliminated. So when he came into power, Bill, he began annihilated the Sanhedrin, the Supreme Court of the Jews. He slaughtered 300 court officials out of hand. And uh, being the Romeo that he was, when he went on trial, he twice ordered the execution of his wife, Mariami, uh, if he was sentenced to death. And, uh, and then when she found out, surprise, she became bitter. <laughs> and uh, he placed her on trial for adultery and had her executed. And then a year later, he had his mother-in-law uh, executed. And then his same with his sons. And so Here you have a person who has power, and he's a king, and he's very suspicious, and he goes about um, killing people to to, to maintain his power. And here you have the king of kings, who would later on say in Mark 10.45, the Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve and give his life as a ransom for, for many. And in the gospel, you see Jesus, the Eternal One, put on flesh in the Incarnation, and come to have come from heaven to earth, you know, not born at the Ritz Carlton, you know, uh, mm-hmm. not even a Holiday Inn Express. Uh, if you want to think of the most sketchy place in your mind uh, for a person, that's where Jesus was because there was no room in the end. And it's amazing that one so full of power, one that actually created us and the world that we live in, chose to come so humbly. Mm. So when we talk about the gifts of from the Magi, and I think of the the story that's been so popular of the late night arrival, imminent birth situation, which is so ingrained in our in our popular Christian mind because of the stories that they arrive that night, she gives birth, boom, they're the kings. That's just not the biblical account. 
Yeah, I mean, one of the, the time frames, if I have it right, is that, you know, the, the things like Christmas trees and other things like that are part of traditions that were taken from other places. You know, the one place about, um, you know, evening is more so the star that the wise men followed and mm-hmm. also the shepherds, which going to the passage you were talking about earlier uh, in Luke chapter 2. And it says in verse 8, and in the same region where the shepherds out in the field keeping watch over their flock by night, and the angel of the Lord appeared to them, and then a host ends up appearing to them and says, glory to God in the highest and on earth peace among those whom he is pleased. But yeah, our time frame, um, don't believe that's correct. Mm-hmm. And of course, Joseph was returning uh, to his village of origin and he was, you know, basically considered a royal, I mean, from the family of King David, you know, so much so that that town was called the city of David. So there would be some some way in which uh, while he was there that he could have made plans for Mary uh, to be in some location where there would be safety and security. And I think that's part, and I probably will be, rustling a lot of feathers today, but it seems to me that there is some unanswered questions. And Scripture says while they were there, Mary uh, Mary was going to give birth. So it sounds like they were uh, there for days and could have planned to have uh, made accommodations uh, with a relative or, you know, maybe it took place in even a a peasant's home. Hmm. Unpack that a little bit more, Bill. Well... You know, you think of the the way in which Middle Eastern women would care for other pregnant Middle Eastern women. I mean, it, we, I don't think you'd be completely left out in the cold. Um, so, I mean, in every culture, we're going to have women taking care of other women when it comes to, to birth. And it seems to me that the account of the Scripture saying that, you know, they were there for days and it wasn't the night that they arrived so it seems to me that joseph had time to make some arrangements in luke 2 4 it says so that joseph and mary went up from galilee to judea and verse 6 states while they were there the days were accomplished that she should be delivered so sounds like uh it's not the the night they arrived and you're in Luke 2, 4? I'm in Luke 2, yes. Okay. And then in, in verse 6 it says, While they were there, the days were accomplished that she should be delivered. So, so I, you know, it, go ahead. Go back to your days comment because I'm, I'm looking at verse 4 and... So, and that's what you're saying. And Joseph also went up from Galilee from the town of Nazareth to Judea. Uh, to the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, which actually meant house of bread, because he was of the house and lineage of David to be registered with Mary, his betrothed, who was with child. And while they were there, the time came for her to give birth. And she gave birth to her firstborn son, wrapped him in swaddling clothes, and laid him in a manger because there was no place for them in the end. You were saying that you see, are you reading something other than ESV, that, that you're saying you saw days? Um. I'm seeing, I'm just seeing in days, yes. I'm seeing in the King James Version. Oh, okay. Yeah. 
While they were there, the days were accomplished that she should be delivered. Yeah, and mine has, um, and while they were there, the time uh, for her to give birth. Okay. So keep unpacking. I want to I check something. Well, um, it seems to me that you look at the line that David comes from, he would be welcome just about anywhere in this town. And there would be certainly women would be wanting to help other women when it came to giving birth. I don't think they would say you're on your own, right? Well, is that inference? I mean, like, is that in the text or is that your thought? Well, I'm just, I'm, I'm looking back from a, a first century Jewish tradition. Like in any culture, I think women are going to be looking to help other women give birth. Hmm. I'm checking something, Bill. That's okay. Uh, you know, it's a it's a subject that I really like, and because um, I don't I I don't like the idea that we we carry on traditions that may or may not be true. That's true. Yeah, and there are some I mean, things I, I, that we we've, we've kind of you know um, Americanized even around the holidays and just a number of things where you know it makes for a great fancy and it makes for a tradition, um, but it might not necessarily as much equal up to what's going on. Mm-hmm. Well, let's uh, let's reset, David. We'll take a little break. We'll come back. We'll continue. I'm going to do this uh, a little bit today and a little bit tomorrow because I think it's a good story, and we'll uh, we'll work on it a little bit uh, when we come back with Pastor David Miles. Be right back. That beautiful night Jesus was born. We're going to talk about this a little bit today, a little bit tomorrow, because there has been some traditions where they're not really biblical, where, you know, that Jesus was born and the wise men were there that night. That's just not the way it happened, David. Yeah. You know, um, I think one, and I'm not sure if, I'm trying to remember exactly what about, but, you know, we have things like candy cane and mistletoe, um, you know, that they, they make for wonderful conversation and you know we've they've just kind of carried on you know one of the things bill that's interesting about you bringing this up and this being part of our conversation um it reminds me uh, of the story of the you know the the family that's having a gathering together and um you know the mom and the and the daughter are in the kitchen and they're preparing you know a ham can't remember if it's a thanksgiving ham an easter ham or a christmas ham um, but in the process of making this ham, pulls out a knife and cuts off the end of the uh, of the ham, you know, and yeah. then sticks it in there. And, you know, the daughter's like, hey, mom, I noticed that you did that. And I'm just kind of curious, like, you know, why? And the mom's like, well, you know, I don't know. We've, we've just always done that. And it's like, really? Well, let's ask grandma. So grandma... You know, um, why do we do that? And Grandma's like, I don't know. 
or actually no, Grandma did know, and it was because her mother had a had a roaster, and it didn't have enough room for the ham, so she cut off the end of it so it could fit in there. Mm-hmm. You know, and I think that's kind of one of the things that you're getting at. Well, when I am in Luke two still, and when it says in verse ten, when they saw the star, they were overjoyed. On coming to the house, they saw the child with his mother Mary, and they bowed down and worshipped him. Now we've got a word house. And they opened their treasures and presented him with gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. So as we you know look at harmonize these two gospels, we look at Matthew uh, uh, two and Luke two. You know we see the story of the wise men entering the house and presenting, bowing down and presenting gifts to the child. Yeah. Well, that's not the only house that, you know, doesn't have really a Christmas bearing uh, in it. The other one would be gingerbread house and gingerbread cookies. And actually, our family had just did this uh, not too long ago um, with some friends. And, you know, the tradition of it was actually said to come from Germany. And it was more so in the story of Hansel and Gretel. Uh, these two children, as you remember, they were abandoned in the woods, and they come upon an edible house of bread with sugar decorations. And so somehow this tradition uh, in Germany started in Europe, and it kind of began to make its way not only through Europe, but it was brought to the America, Americas uh, by Pennsylvania German immigrants. Mm. I like Interesting. So... When I look at the story of the birth, I mean, the incar- Jesus' incarnation was complete, which is the most amazing thing ever. And his, his birth um, had the shepherds welcome at the manger. And they were considered really unclean, weren't they? Yeah, they and were. They were kind of the outcasts. Even though uh, they were outcasts, they became the honored guests. And the songs of, of angels were sung to the simplest of, of all. Yeah, that was one of the things that was saying because, you know, it would be that the announcement of the king of kings would be made to the least likely people. So first of all, you have in Matthew chapter 2, wise men um, from the east. And it doesn't exactly say where. Tradition uh, has thought that it's been Babylon which is modern-day Iraq, uh, because of the deportation of Israel going into exile. And so it has these individuals who are Gentiles, you know, they're foreigners. And they come from a long distance to come and worship the king uh, of the Jews. And then here you have Herod, who's in Jerusalem, and the chief, priest, the chief priests and scribes that he goes and asks about in verse 5 of Matthew 2 saying, you know, when the city's up, up in stir because, you know, there's a, there's a new king that these people have come to see. They're so close, but one, they never even go to check it out. Number two, Herod actually dispatches the wise men and says, hey, if you find those guys, let me know, and then I'll come and worship too, which, mm-hmm. you know, really might not have been the case at all. And we actually see from his later behavior uh, that his his purpose was to snuff out any sort of competition, you know. So so you have these wise men who aren't believers who are, are getting it. And then in Luke 2, you have these shepherds who are the outcasts, and they're the ones 
who the angels appear to, and they say, we need to go check this out. Mm-hmm. Now let's, let's look at the fact that Jesus came into the world as a baby in, a, uh, in an incredible, lowly sort of position in a very obscure little town. It's so powerful. It is so countercultural. It is. I mean, like, when you really think about it, I mean, like, <laughs> it's just, you know, Bill, we talk about this, about how Scripture says that the angels long to look into the mystery of salvation. I mean, it just giving up everything or giving up so much and uh, emptying himself, as that word kenosis in Philippians 2 says, in coming. That, that, I don't, you know, I'll be, maybe, I'll be honest, Ryan would do it, you know, but I'm thinking, nah, I, I would just be chilling. You know? <laughs> yeah. So... But the child uh, was born and came for really the the, the lowliest uh, and the rejected, and he also came for the the rich and the wise, who, who later were the ones who showed up with these extravagant gifts. Well, I think for Jesus, what's so amazing about it is, you know, it's it's us coming and giving our whole selves to Him, because when it comes to Jesus. It talks about how um, in the beginning was the Word. The Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. In verse 3, all things, John 1, 3, all things were made through him, and without him was not anything made that was made. And in him was life, and the life was the light of men, and the light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. I mean, like, Jesus made all of that, and and he, he made the very gold, frankincense, and myrrh uh, that these individuals were giving. I mean, Jesus, and we've been made in God's image, and yet we give our lives uh, as an act of worship to the one who really matters. And so I think, you know, you think with such a gift uh, that there'd be such, you know, an, a, a sense of appreciation, a sense of gratitude but our sinful heart sometimes wants to be on the throne. And I think what's amazing, one, one of the saddest verses, I think, in Scripture uh, is John 1, 11. And backing up, it says, The true light, which gives light to everyone, was coming into the world. He was in the world, and the world was made through him, yet the world did not know him. He came to his own, and his own people did not receive him. Mm. And then, David, can you imagine the music in the sky that night? Oh, man. How did the people not go, all right, something's going down here in this town? It must have been just incredible. Well, you know, Hark the Herald Angels Sing. And, I mean, could you imagine just such a, you know, Bose sound could not compare with this. (laughs) Sana speakers, you know, could not compare to that you know, reverberation and echoing of glory to the newborn king. You know, I mean, like glory to God in the highest. And I think, Bill, you know, how amazing is it going to be when we cross to heaven's shore? And it's not just just a gathering of angels um, in the field, but as Scripture says in Revelation, 
It's thousands and ten thousands and thousands of angels. And the people, us who are so undeserving, that was given God's mercy and given his grace. And as 1 John 3, 2 says, that we will see Jesus for who he is, as he really is. You know, not a babe in a manger, um, not a, a carpenter, not a man wandering the streets, not a man hanging on the cross. And even the risen Jesus, we're going to see him as the glorified King of kings and Lord of lords, and we will worship. Amen. David, really nice. I love it. I'm excited for uh, Christmas. I'm excited to celebrate our Savior. And uh, always great to read the passage in Matthew 2 and Luke 2 and just take time in it, verse after verse, word after word. Just go there, visually go there, and just imagine what it must have been like that night. Thank you so much for being on the show. Thanks, man. Yep. We'll take a little break. When we come back, our two is just ahead. Kimberly Wagner will be joining me uh, next, and then Dr. Rebecca Ree will be on board. That's all coming up in the next hour. Be right back. Thanks for listening. Programming like this is made available through your support. Information available at MyFaithRadio.com.